This week on Inside Motorsport, we catch up with the Formula One in the European Grand Prix at Valencia. The World Rally Championship was in New Zealand and the Shannons Nationals at Wynnum Motor Raceway. I hope you stay with us. Joining me on the line from Wynnum Motor Raceway is Lachlan Mansell. And Lockie, what a great weekend of motorsport right around the world because even in the introduction there, I didn't mention Sonoma for the NASCARs and the IndyCars at Iowa. Just an amazing amount of motorsport last weekend. Yeah, everywhere from over in Europe to in the United States of America to right here in my own backyard at Wheaton Motor Raceway. Plenty of racing to keep us all entertained throughout the weekend. Mm. Well, we might start with Formula One and one of the best races of the season. And considering it's a street circuit, considering it is Valencia, which has not had a great reputation, who would have thought we've seen one of the best Grand Prix of the year at that circuit? And who would have thought that uh, on the circuit that's one of the most difficult to overtake in Formula One that we would have had the race winner coming from further back on the grid than any other Grand Prix winner so far this season. What an outstanding performance from Fernando Alonso from 11th on the grid to take the race win and become the first double race winner of 2012. Mm -hmm. And when you had uh, Mika Hakkinen and also you have Kyle Schumacher on the podium, I saw a a photo. Mika Hakkinen, I think you mean Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi Raikkonen, sorry, yeah, that's right. Kimi Raikkonen and, uh, and Michael Schumacher on the podium as well. I saw a photo from 2005 French Grand Prix when really the only thing that had changed was the age of the drivers. They were in exactly the same position. It was possibly when you consider Mark Webber was fourth place, and we can talk about his sterling drive as well, possibly that was one of the oldest podiums in the history of Formula One. Well, I read a statistic that Michael Schumacher's the oldest driver to finish on the podium in a Formula One Grand Prix since our own Sir Jack Brabham back in 1970. So that just shows you that uh, yeah it's a podium that we might have expected to see in Formula 1 maybe 7 or 8 years ago and interesting to see it repeated but uh, yeah great drive as well from Mark Webber from 19th on the grid up to 4th position and he now moves up to 2nd in the championship behind Fernando Alonso obviously a number of quite uh, significant incidents we had the retirement of Sebastian Vettel he was way out in front for the opening stanza of the race but then suffered an alternator problem as did Romain Grosjean, who was um, probably Vettel's main challenger in the early stages of the race. And uh, then uh, Lewis Hamilton and Pastor Maldonado colliding with just a couple of laps to go, putting them both out of contention. And the kamikaze kid, Kamui Kobayashi, the Japanese driver, getting involved in a couple of incidents as well. Yeah, it was certainly uh, an action-packed race. And for Mark Webber, who qualified 19th, he had electrical problems. And I guess, fortunately now, in hindsight, they were all on the Saturday. Yeah, well, at least they didn't occur again on, on the Sunday. There were a number of drivers who had electrical problems as well as Vettel and Grosjean. Uh, one of the fourth Indians of Nico Hulkenberg was also without curves for the entire Grand Prix. So uh, for him to finish up in the top five, that was a very good performance from him as well. Yeah, some great racing. And uh, we look forward now to the next round of the championship as things are getting more and more serious because all the teams seem to be closer than ever. And this year's regulations, Lockie, have just been, well, some of the best we've seen in the history of the sport. Yeah, it's been a very unpredictable season. And, you know, last year, it was fairly predictable because Sebastian Vettel was out in front dominating everything but this year just the number of drivers and teams that have been in contention for podium finishes and race victories has been 
amazing and uh, I, I think it'll be a really, really close championship fight. It'll come right down to the wire. Mm. Now, in your backyard, as you said, Winton Motor Raceway had the latest rounds of the Shannon Series, which, of course, has been a very popular competitor series. Now, did I read that you were having something in excess of two or 300 cars there the last weekend? Well, it was well over 100, that's for sure, across the six different categories that we had. The Australian GT Championship, the Kumo Tires V8 Touring Car Series, the Porsche Staff Solutions GT3 Cup Challenge, the Saloon Cars, the Swifts and the Commodore Cup Endurance Challenge for the Ashley Cooper Memorial Trophy. And, well, this series has got some interesting, particularly when we look at the GTs, some interesting cars on the grid, but right across the uh, weekend of racing, you have such a diversity of racing that the uh, Shannon series offers. Well, the GT Championship produced the most spectacular cars of the weekend with the Lamborghinis and the Ferrari 458s and the car that won the weekend, the Erebus Racing Mercedes-Benz SLS Gullwing of, of Peter Hackett, which took victory in both of the one-hour races ahead of the Lamborghini Gallardo, driven by Roger Largo and Ben Eggleston in the Aston Martin DBRS9 rounding out the podium for the weekend. Mm. Now... It was the 60th round of the championship, and it's fair to say the Shannon's Nationals has caught competitors' attention, but is still struggling to get its uh, get its uh, teeth into the spectators and getting them to come along. But with racing like was seen at Winton, it's going to uh, help drag more and more people to the circuit. Spectator turnout wasn't actually too bad this weekend, and we got some very very good coverage in the local media across the region: Shepparton, Albury, Wodonga, and. Uh, Benalla, obviously, so so that helped as well. But yeah, the racing was good. The GTs really good racing. The Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge was very competitive. The V8 touring car races were highly action packed. We saw a number of incidents, cars spearing off in the the greasy weather conditions in the Sunday morning race. And uh, in the end, though, young Josh Hunter took his second round win in the V8 touring car series in his debut season. So a great performance for the 17-year-old. Interesting that uh, we had seen the Commodore Cups. We had the Tasmanian pair of Adam Beachy and Dean Croswell. They had uh, their own little bit of... uh history there. They did indeed because they won the Commodore Cup Endurance Challenge and the Ashley Cooper Memorial Trophy for the third year in a row. So Adam Beachy's won the last two Commodore Cup titles and uh, so far he's undefeated in season 2012. He's won all three rounds of the Commodore Cup National Series so far and uh, it really is a fitting tribute to Ashley Cooper who before he got killed in that tragic crash at Clipsville in 2008 did actually race in Commodore Cup and claimed his last ever race win in any form of motorsport in the Commodore Cup series in 2007. Mm. Now, Kane Rose, he's had back-to-back round wins in the GT3, the International GT3 Cup Challenge. He did. He won the uh, Jim Richards Endurance Trophy 30-lap race on Saturday afternoon and then backed up with victory in the first of the two sprint races on Sunday morning. In the last race on the Sunday afternoon, he actually got turned around after contact with Fraser Ross in the second corner of the race and dropped to the back of the field, but he was able to work his way up into a good enough position to score enough points to take out the round victory ahead of John Medista with Michael Armand rounding out the podium. Well, a name that... Well... 
looks familiar to me was Damien Ward. Of course, he has uh, done a lot of racing. Well, if it is the same Damien Ward, a lot of Aussie racing car racing. But uh, it's interesting to see that name in the Australian Swift Racing Series. Yeah, I'm not sure if Damien's related to James and Brad Ward of Aussie Racing Car fame, but nevertheless, it was his first round in the Australian Swift Series, and it was a very good debut performance as well, with him chalking up the round win ahead of Rex Murphy and, and Rob Jarvis. But I think the big surprise in the Swifts was that Alan Jarvis, who led the series coming into the round, didn't actually go all that well. He seemed to struggle for pace throughout the weekend and could only manage fifth overall. Interestingly, when we look at where the uh, series heads off to next, which of course is at the Sydney Motorsport Park on July 13 to 15, it is going to see another change in the look of what will be on the track. Yeah, some of the categories that were at Winton will be up there as well, but we'll also have the sports sedans back on the program, from what I understand, and I think they're running as a combined national and state round so they could, should get a good feel for that one and always good to see some of the fastest state level cars taking it up to the um, top level national drivers like Darren Hossack and Tony Ricciardello and Kerry Bailey. Mm. Well, plenty of great racing up ahead in the Shannons Nationals. Lockie, uh, just as we have to wrap this one up, uh, Citroen dominating over in New Zealand with a 1-2 to Sebastian Loeb and Mika Hervenen. Not really too much of a surprise there, Craig. They really have been the dominant force of the World Rally Championship for almost a decade now, and Sebastian Loeb just keeps breaking records for the number of rally victories and a number of championship victories. But good to see Peter Solberg finishing on the podium. Mm, well, that's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Thanks very much, Lachlan Mansell. Thank you, Craig. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.